in that song smart sounds a little uh <laughs> a little slipknot-ish yeah it really does yeah, a little bit slipknot-ish but it is not it's just a royalty free song uh with the name of the whatever it is is contra like the old video game yeah there you go a little instrumental there like it like it what's going on everybody it is wednesday it is the dirt sheet dudes appreciate everybody joining us Oh man, fresh, 
coming off a of WrestleMania weekend or week and weekend. Uh, it's been, uh, man, I got to tell you, I was, uh, I was wrestled out Sunday after we watched and then, you know, we had raw NXT moving over to Tuesdays, AEW tonight. There's something on tomorrow. I'm sure impact, right? They moved to Thursdays. That's right. Yeah. Smackdown on Friday. You got all the YouTube shows. You got all the indie shows. You got, it's like, Jesus Christ. Fucking stick a never ends. Stick a fork in me, bro. I'm done. I'm done, man. That's true. But we're still gonna get into some stuff. Um, we talked a little bit about WrestleMania Night One on WrestleMania Night Two when the uh, when Dirk and the High Marks joined us over there. It was a nice, good, fun time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It really was. Actually, it was a damn good time. Had a great time doing that. Definitely be doing that again. That's uh. That's some good fun to do over there with those guys. And um, I got pretty high. <laughs> I just felt like I had to just keep smoking and smoking and smoking. So, <laughs> I, and so I did. I don't know. Just something I felt like I had to do. So I did. But uh, yeah, we did. We did live WrestleMania night two. Um, all of us pretty much felt smart. I think you agreed that uh, night one kind of knocked out night two. Yeah, for the most part. Kind of edged it out a little bit. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, neither night was bad, but night one was just sort of more, I guess, emotional for everybody. Oh, definitely emotional. I mean, I mean, you know, we had Bianca Belair doing her thing out there, and, you know, that was a huge little moment for her. Not a little moment, a huge moment for her. Huge little moment. That's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Um, a huge moment for her uh, on night one. Like I said, I saw a lot of people, and I, I, you know what? We we can get into this before we do the plugs. I saw a lot of people upset on uh, on the old social media, Smart. No, about um the almost crying right before the match started. Like as they're in the ring, they're staring at each other, and just you, they just both had the look like they were about to tear up. That's how people angry, yeah. angry, like seething at this. <laughs> it's unlike on, on social media to be angry about that. Yeah, I, I I guess so, man. But uh, I saw nothing wrong with that. They just got so emotional. It was a like I said, a huge moment for both of them. Uh, I thought it was really cool to to see the fact that they were so emotional and so excitement, dude. They're fucking humans. They're not fucking robots. What do you want them to do? Go out there and beep, boop, beep, boop, beep? No, they're fucking human beings. They have emotions, and they fucking laid them on their sl- on their fucking sleeve right there, man. Loved it. Loved- mm. I-, I thought it was a great little moment. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, I was gonna say if you wanted the beep, boop, beep, boop, you got that the next night with Orton. Uh, listen, we always have John Cena matches. You want beep, boop? Go look at those. Hmm. Uh, seriously, I-, I mean, I'm not trying to be a not trying to be a dick here, but. Go watch Cena matches if you want. Beep boop. Um, I, I will never forget like how angry he got on the total uh, divas for uh, what's her name that using the coaster. Oh, dude! That, Just straight up, he had like what I could only imagine Benoit eyes. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I told you, we have coasters here for a reason. Dude, he was very OCD. If you ever watched that show, the one where he. 
basically told everyone Daniel Bryan and Brie were staying there. And he's like, okay, once we go to bed, I would recommend staying in bed because I have a lot of guns and I will shoot and then I will find out what's going on. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I kind of like this guy, but that's not really the way to do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like your style, but you're going to need a few tweaks. Yeah, I really like, you know, I like where the, I like where you're coming from, but I think you might want to work on the, uh, uh, not to pun this, but I, like, I might want to work on your execution, if you will. <laughs> I think that was the plan. <laughs> it was a stupid one either way. All right. Let's, um, but yeah, I had no issues with that. And then people got pissed. Oh, look at Sasha down there after the match. They caught her on that little, uh, someone caught her on a video. The WWE was there filming it too. You could see the guy in front, but she was smiling and enjoying the moment for her friend. Oh, do we, let's, let, let's get pissed about that too. He, he, he. Beep fucking boop. There you go. All right. You know, let's get fucking plugs done before I lose my fucking temper here. Uh <laughs> oh my. This is going to be a very hostile ride home. No, 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 no. It's not going to be a very hostile show. Not at all. I, I promise. Um, my notes for all three shows are very short. Uh, Raw, NXT, and AEW. Um, but uh, yeah, very short. I'm kind of... And I'm going to stick with this. Less reviews, more news. Um, and if the shows are shorter, fuck it, they're shorter. I'm, <laughs> that's just the way it's going to go from now on. Um, so, yeah, much less on the reviewing. It's just kind of getting, well, beep boop. <laughs> so, all right, let's go ahead and knock these plugs out real quick. What... Are you guys going to start with the guys I already mentioned? The guys we did WrestleMania Night 2 with. That's the high marks. It's Cheese Man. It's Mojo. It's G-Wiz. Oh, God, did we have a good time that night. And if you want to just keep those good times rolling, you know where to go. Go to Mixer.com slash Metal Mitt Network. That's right. Two T's in Mitt. Metal Mitt Network. And check them out. You can check out them. 8.30 p.m. Sunday nights. That is Eastern Time. Go check them out. And, of course, you got the Bobby Anthem, the Bobby Blades on the Inhuman Experience. Check those guys out. Go ahead and subscribe to them on Apple and all the usual podcast platforms. They are going to come back. A little bit of hiatus, but do not, do not forget to subscribe to that channel. Everything on Scripted Wrestling Podcast. Check out those guys, too. Eric, Doug, Daniel, great guys over there. Eric's also a huge Chicago PD fan. Love that fucking show. So, <laughs> so me and him been going back and forth. And Law and Order. He's a huge Law and Order, and he's watching that new Law and Order uh, organized crime. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that, uh, but they can be found on all the usual podcast platforms right there and blog talk radio. Stephen Milan, I appreciate you sharing the show. I know Smart does too. Don't mean to speak for him, but I know he does. Letterboxd, boxd.com slash Stephen Milan is where you can find him over there. He's reviewing movies. And you guys can always find us on Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeart, Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, Google, TuneIn, Player, you know it. Go for it. That's right, Eddie. Mondays, Anyway, on to our podcast, Bobby Anthony Papadakis, and Zia Yaki Nasty, all 60 episodes. Available for your listening, the pleasure. Go ahead and subscribe. 
with season two as it approaches. There you go. All right. And just so everybody does know, Smart Guy did receive my old setup. So we're going to get him set up with a, a little mic and an audio interface. He's going to be pumping sound out like a goddamn maniac. And we're looking forward to it. So we'll get that going. I sent you the drivers. Mm-hmm. I think they've switched their fucking site. I think those are the drivers. <laughs> I hope they are. If not, I'll look through my one of my external hard drives. I'm pretty sure I got an old driver in there, and you can up, update from there. Figure it out. Yeah, so we'll figure it out. Meantime, I might want to move that a little. Mike, your external just a little closer to you. You sound like yeah. sound like you're a little far away in tinny, but um. Yeah, like I said, we've got a few uh, a few little things to get into. You know, before we get into the reviews, I just got three little things that we uh, I want to bring up real fast. Uh, we were talking about John Cena, and on this day in two thousand and five, we were introduced to the Spinner Belt. Mm, very nice. Mm-hmm. The fucking Spinner Belt. I bet he. I, I bet that thing pissed him off. It just won't stay up straight. And this was the U.S. title version of that? No, this was the WWE Spinner Belt. Ah, very nice. Oh, yes. The WWE Spinner Belt on this day is what we were introduced to. And uh, there you go. In 2005, was this the start of some of the shitty belts? Like some of the custom-ish shitty belts? Was, was this it? or I think it might have been. Yeah, it was about the start of that. I mean, it depends on how far you want to go. Because you know, when I think about shitty belts, I think about that Jeff Hardy TNA one. Yeah, that one was pretty bad. I mean, it you know, it was, the only cool thing was it was something he drew that came to you know basically came to life in his head. I, I I got that. It was sentimental. Feelings are great sometimes. Not with the <laughs> belt that a, a whole audience has to look at, though. You know, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I mean, I, I get it, but that was pretty bad. I, I used to love when he used to look at the belt, look away, look at the belt, look away, look at the belt. Wasn't that really cool? <laughs> Boy, was it. Anyway, it's also Lita's birthday today. Born April 14th, 1975. Born the same year I was. Nice. Very uh, nice. I did not know that. So, uh, happy birthday to Lita and... Still looking great. Still looking great. And the last thing we'll go ahead and mention, which again we're not going to spend a ton of time on any all, all on any of these. It's just going to cut our news down a little bit. Jazz announced she is retiring, and that's going to be on the uh, tomorrow on Impact. So if you want to watch um, Jazz retire, it'll be on Access tomorrow night and Twitch. You can also go to Twitch and watch that. So. There you go. Yeah. Oh, uh, looks like they had a um, they had a they had a pay per view this weekend. <laughs> yes, the the stroke of genius. They decided that you know WrestleMania weekend was not convoluted enough. There were not enough shows. They were going to head and throw an Impact pay per view on the fire too. She had a uh, title versus career match with Ariana Perazzo. She could have losing that. So that's where we are. All right. Well, you know, I remember Jazz been around a long time. Was right, right in the Attitude Era, right? Yeah, Jazz was right in the Attitude mm-hmm. Era. ECW. Yeah, yeah, was always very good. And um, 
good for her. You know, if she stays retired, that's great. If she doesn't, wants to come back, it's up to her. So I guess we'll see what right. happens in the meantime. Uh, I guess we say thank you. Now, she also works behind the scenes at a promotion here in Texas. Hold on. Is this the one that's right near me? Give me a second here. SWE Fury. Yeah, this one is near me. They do shows right in like like Hotham, which isn't far. Carthage, which isn't far. East Texas, which my parents live out in. So all their shows are within an hour of me. Did not know that. I didn't know she worked for them or with them. But uh, there you go. Huh. Nice. You never know. I could see her at one of those shows. But, uh, I mean, yeah, she's been in WWE, ECW, NWA, Impact. And I think she was even on a All Elite. Wasn't she in AEW for a hot minute for some uh, some match, right? She might have been in one of the Battle Royals. I think that's what it was. I think it was one of the Battle Royals. So Anyway, um, there you go. We'll see what happens with that. If she stays retired, looks like she's, like I said, doing work backstage behind the scenes with uh, SWE Fury. So... She's got something to do, and in the meantime, in the wrestling business, sometimes that kind of makes you stay retired when you're still in it, but not having to take the bumps, you know? Right, yeah, exactly. So, good for her. We'll find out what goes on. And um, those are three quick things I just wanted to throw out there. Again, I don't think we need to spend much time on it. And I guess we'll go ahead and get into some uh, quick highlights of raw um i guess we're gonna actually stick a little bit with news because there was a new commentary team on raw um samoa joe was not on commentary we ended up with Corey graves tom um mm-hmm. it was Corey graves sexton but yeah byron Sa- By- byron Sa- uh, saxton and um adnan verk who smart MLB guy, you uh I know you're a baseball fan. Do you know I think you're a baseball fan? A little bit. Um, long story short with him, he worked at ESPN. He was there for a couple of years. He got fired. It was sort of a weird situation. There's like some confidentiality violations. I guess he leaked some information. There was like potentially some litigation involved, but they sort of said, agreed to settle out of court. So it never really became clear exactly what it was that he did wrong. Ended up going to the MLB network, and then I guess I don't know if he's still with them, and he's yes. just kind of moonlighting. But you know, there he is. It uh, says at the end of the article here that he will be finishing. He well, it says he'll quote he'll continue his MLB network duties for at least the 2021 season. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that means he's going to be you know out after this or finishing up his contract. Or maybe he'll just find time to do both. I mean, I guess we'll find out coming on down the road. But there was a new announced team, and it was very noticeable. Um, you're used to hearing the same three voices. Suddenly you're hearing a different voice. And I got to tell you, this guy sounded a little... He did get flustered. They made fun of him for it a couple times. <laughs> sure. But he yeah. laughed it off and kept going. Um. Just doesn't have a standout, just has a regular sports guy voice. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a polished guy, but he's like, he's never really had a commentary role, as far as I know. He's more of a 
like host kind of situation. Right. And, you know, it's, it's a very kind of interesting position that he was kind of thrust into because he had never called a wrestling match before. And here he is on Raw after Mania. And like all the news outlets are talking about, you know, him being the replacement. So all eyes are on him, all ears are on him. And there's a little bit of a rocky start, but we might get better. Who knows? Yeah. And, and, you know, you just said two things that are very, very important. Not only is he on their, just thrown on their flagship show, he's thrown on the flagship show after, after their biggest show of the year, WrestleMania. Um, so yeah, definitely. You know what? I'm 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 not gonna shit on the guy. I'm gonna give him a couple of weeks. He could have been nervous as hell. I know there's no fans, but there's a lot of people watching. Um, actually, might as well tie that in right now too. Man, we're going through everything a little too quick here. Um, Raw actually did top two million for the first night. Um, right there after WrestleMania, they actually averaged two point oh two six million viewers. Um, they finished the night with a pretty good, the highest, um, the other, this is only the second time they've done that. The only other highest was Legends Night with 2.128 million average. So, I don't know what they were there for. <laughs> ah, well, I know kidding. they won't be back more than likely. Ah. I mean, they had been hanging around that 1.7, 1.8 range for just seems like perpetually just always doing it for the last month or two. Mm-hmm. And now they get that big bump because everybody was talking about mania and everybody was talking about bad bunny and all the, and they were getting all these outside eyes and ears sources everywhere. And you got everybody that's tuning in kind of be like, all right, well, I haven't watched in a while. Let's see what they got for me. Boy. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't drop very much. They actually kept that throughout the night. They averaged 2 million, which is, pretty good over the night which means they kind of kept up with it pretty pretty steady over the night which good for them um i do gotta say right before we get i mean we're gonna we're getting into raw right now but after hearing twenty five thousand live fans cheering this was very uh, what's the word i want to use deflating to watch raw Yes. Is, is that a good word? <laughs> yes, definitely. definitely. Ah. Dude, I feel like the best way to kind of sum it up, I don't know if you've seen it. I, I meant to post it, but I didn't have the opportunity to. There's a, I think it's from the second night, maybe? First or second night. Anyways, um, <laughs> they, they had a bunch of cardboard cutouts to kind of fill in seat space make it look like there's more people there than normal. Well, the one of the funny things is one of the people that ended up attending uh, WrestleMania was Jimmy Lloyd of GCW. Uh-huh. There's a there's a photo of him sitting amongst what looks to be about a good two dozen or so cardboard cutouts. And it's just fucking hilarious. But it's also how I felt when I was watching Raw. This is like I'm the only live person in this group of cardboard cutouts. And they also made him change his shirt. He had a GCW shirt on. They gave him a Hurt Business shirt to wear. Mm-hmm. Which was great because then somebody went and edited her business to include him as a member. Yeah, <laughs> on Wikipedia. So I was like, oh, "Good job there." And I, that made me laugh because I was actually seeing it the first night. I was like, "Oh, cool!" And the guy in GCW shirt just kind of stuck out. And I was like, "Oh, well, and I actually saw who it was." I was like, "Hmm, I, I, I didn't notice it was him at the time, but yeah, that was interesting." I heard he actually went to a, like wrestled in that shirt at, at GCW. 
Might have. Might have. All right. We'll get it. We'll, we'll I'm get still it catching up on some of those mania shows. I downloaded a bunch of them. You, you, yeah, you mean bought? Well, you, yeah, you can download them. You get the free refills. <laughs> oh, okay. Free refills? Because they, like, they had a bundle going. You pay like X amount and you get the whole weekend. All right. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Good job. Good job. So, all right. Let's just go ahead and get into some of the main things that I want to hit on on this show. And if I miss anything smart, fill in some gaps for me here. Charlotte comes out with a lot of either plastic or Botox in her face. I, I, I figured it out yet, Smart. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I mean, she comes out and she is built, I'll tell you, like a goddamn four-by-four four pole. <laughs> Just not a curve on her. The girl's in three-inch fucking high heels and still doesn't have a curve on her ass. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, it's very, it's very responsible for in, the, in this day and age to try to flatten the curve. Very true. Very true. I mean, we're what three hundred and ninety-some days into fifteen days to slow the spread. We're flattening the curve. Fifteen days to flatten the curves, Mark. There you go. That's how it works, man. So, you know. Um, I know a lot of people disagree with me on Charlotte. I still say she's incredibly overrated, overrated even promo-wise. Same promo. I'm great. My family's great. Blah, blah. Um, go ahead. No, no, I totally agree. I mean, <laughs> I got a good kick out of this promo. Because basically she comes back and she says... That you know she's here. She she everything that happened was not her fault. The, the forces conspired against her, mm. so that she didn't end up having a WrestleMania match. Because you had Lacey Evans getting pregnant. You had Ric Flair going out there on Legends Night and being Ric Flair, making a fool of himself, as she said. And there are a couple of other instances, but basically everything that happened was not her fault. The world is basically against her. But the good news is, is that she is no longer going to be the humble, modest person that we've all come to know and love. I don't know when this person is here, but according to her, she was very modest. So I'm wondering what full on, full tilt, arrogant Charlotte Flair's the same Charlotte Flair we've been seeing forever because you really don't act. I, w- w- yeah, when when is this humble part? I don't remember ever her being humble. Mm-hmm. She, like I said, the same promo. I'm great. My family's great. You want to be me. I don't want to be you. Um, I I don't steal opportunities. I am the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Is she Edge now? Suddenly? She's been talking to Edge a little bit? She, she is an opportunity. Yes, she is. Uh, I mean, look, from here, you knew what was going on because right after that, we had the little Rhea thing. We had the Charlotte uh, obviously was going to get involved in the Oscar versus Rhea match, the rematch, actually, which Mm -hmm. did come up next. And really, it was a great match until Charlotte attacked both of them and got (coughs) it. Excuse me. Got the DQ. (coughs) Now, I kind of figured it was going to end this way. Charlotte kind of told you it was. Yeah, yeah, basically. I I mean, mid-promo, you're like, hey, you know what's going to happen? She's going to fuck up that match. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird, though, because, like, 
they they somehow their chemistry got worse the second time they wrestled because like the first night it was it was really good i enjoyed it but then like the second night on raw i don't know if they were just trying to get everything done on time or what there was a lot of botches yeah you're right there was there was i did see a few there i don't know especially towards the end i don't know if they were just trying to get everything done before it was time for charge planning for you or whatever but <laughs> it, was, it was very clunky a little bit yeah a little bit I, clunky I always like clunky i mean the word not actually clunky you know what i mean anyway let's get into this alexa segments mark so i'm Kind of thinking that maybe this didn't work out the way they want, because now it seems like they're trying to cover up this whole Alexa thing with her saying, oh, here's the story of me being rescued by the Fiend, and then after Randy Orton burnt burnt up the Fiend, I kind of realized I didn't need him. I could actually do more without him, and she kept calling him the darkness. I just kept thinking of that Dave Chappelle show with uh, Charlie Murphy talking about um, Rick James. Darkness. Darkness. <laughs> that's, that's all I could think about. And, then, you know, basically she could do everything on her own. So the little transformation she did into, uh, air quotes, Sister Abigail, was just to fuck with the fiend, and suddenly we meet her new friend, Lily. <laughs> Which was amazing, because I was seeing a lot of comments on Twitter that just like, Paige is looking great these days. Oh. I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> but... Um... <laughs> It was it was funny because we were talking about it and during the show I had said because they were showing the video package I said during this video package they're going to rebook this match about five different times. Turns out they literally did rebook this match during that weekend. Oh. Apparently the original plan was the Fiend was supposed to win and then either that Saturday or that Sunday they decided they were just going to go ahead and have Randy Orton go over because fuck it why not? Yeah, I, I get and 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 again I guess. Does this mean it looks like they're breaking? Because we do see a Firefly Funhouse later um, where Bray is basically doesn't even want Alexa mentioned. <laughs> Abby was very foul mouthed in this little segment. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she called I, mean, her, I would expect better from her. I would too. She called her a bitch. Uh, didn't say, I believe said fuck her the second time. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, yeah. Abby was a, was a little salty in this. And then in, in that segment, we also got kind of a, a Deacon Bray. But it looks like Bray's just kind of going back. I This character evolves, doesn't devolve. So I'm wondering where this is going to go from here. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about it, too. I mean, we haven't really seen like a reverend character in a little while, I guess, not really since Bud Devon. So that'll be, that'll be kind of fun. I, he, he needs something. I mean, they can't just keep, like, you've basically killed all the momentum the character had by having him lose. So the character's got to evolve into something now. He can't just keep being the same sort of menacing presence because, I mean, it's just not, people aren't buying it. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I, I, I just, uh, this character devolving is not, very good, but also I know that maybe he's got something in store. I hope, I hope they didn't run out of ideas. Um, but uh, yeah, it looks like they're splitting them up. So now we're going to have Alexis Playhouse and the Firefly Funhouse, and that's going to be 
she's gonna get old pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Pretty fucking quick. Um, but I, I don't know. I really got nothing else on that. We can go ahead and move on from there if you're all right with that. Sure. Um, I kind of missed where it was on the card, but I know we did get a return of the Viking Raiders, Smart, with uh, a little match against Shelton and Cedric. What did you uh? What do you think? Of, what, what do you think of the Viking Raiders returning, Smart? I mean, it's cool to have them back. It's just a little bit disappointing that it was kind of at the expense of Shelton and Cedric because it's just like they, I feel like they deserve so much better. But unfortunately, they are going to be locked down in that purgatory of twenty four seven and not being used and being on main event. So I mean, that's their lot in life now. Ah, and and it's very confusing because they were just I mean they were a big part of that storyline uh, and to just kick them to the fucking curb just makes no sense just makes well, not only that but you built the whole story around them not getting along so now they're just suddenly like best friends now but now they're not in the hurt yeah so it's just like yeah. that like month or two you invested in can they get it together can they be good teammates they can but now they're on their own so who knows. They're like they're like ride or die right now, dude. Mm-hmm. They are completely ride or die at this point. So, but I, I, it, I guess it is what it is. I I don't like seeing Cedric and Shelton treat, <laughs> treated like this. Like I said, they were a huge, <clears throat> my God, a huge part. <clears throat> oh my God, sorry about that, everybody. The huge part of the uh, hurt business storyline, and yeah, they're just being kind of dusted aside. So, as Sasha Baron Corbin is saying that the, you know, old man, Vince, doesn't see them as stars, allegedly, then why would you put him in in that hurt business and given him so much television time? See, that's something I don't really believe. I think maybe he just doesn't see them as, maybe he sees them better in a stable, but, my God, I don't know. It's just, it's sad to see them just be swept aside like this. Good to see the Viking Raiders back, I guess. I guess. I mean, that's kind of the thing, though, is like, I feel like both of those opinions can hold true. It just depends on how he feels that day, mm-hmm. where it's like some days of like, oh, yeah, they're great. And then some days it's like, yeah, fuck them. But then, you know, it just all depends on you know, where you catch them. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I guess depends on what time of day it is. You know, those mm-hmm. those old fuddy duddies start to start to shadow a little bit in the afternoons. Sure. I mean, and that, that's like that's what we were talking about with like Miz was saying that he had been watching in a while that he was you know he enjoyed the show. Mm. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the thing is the matches are good, but there's just no real commitment to any sort of long form storytelling, continuity, coherent booking, <laughs> angle storylines, anything of that nature. Of just any sort of direction, they're just very directionless at the moment. Yeah, it's kind of just thrown together, mm-hmm. and it's 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 kind of showing. Um, after that, the uh, I got three little, three little, three more segments that I want to get into here. Miz and Maurice come out, and Smark, I believe the word you would use for this is this was an infomercial, <laughs> pretty much, just to announce the new season of uh, Miz and Mrs. coming up, or Miz and Miz, M- 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 yeah, 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 Miz and Mrs. Miz and Mrs. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, Maurice looks great. Let's just go ahead and say that. She's been putting out oh, pictures lately that would damn near, I'm surprised the fucking internet's not catching on fire. 
<laughs> and once again, I know I said it a couple of weeks ago, but I thank God Miz is back in a suit. Honestly, yeah. honestly, I like his character in a suit. I don't like those ugly ass outfits he wears because he was wearing them all the time. And I hate it. Just come out in a suit. I liked it. I liked it. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool to get him back. Miz is talking about Bad Bunny, Smart. They show some highlights. Uh, Damian Priest comes out. Basically, he puts over Bad Bunny. says, listen, he put in the work. That's why he was better than you and pinned you. Miz challenges Priest to a match. Morrison goes, hey, I was about to do the same thing. <laughs> and then Maurice, of course, the, the voice of reason, says, you know, you can both fight him, right? Handicap match. It's on. Um, now, I do have to say, my wife came out at this point, Smark. Yes. And she really liked Damien Priest gear because it was it was purple. It indeed was, yes. I and, yeah, that. she really liked his gear. She really did. She's like, that's so cool. I'm like, what, do you want some? Uh, <laughs> so, but... um. <laughs> Maurice did distract Damien Priest, and uh, that allowed Miz to win. His feet were on the ropes, though, which I don't know how the referee missed it. His feet were blatantly on the fucking ropes. Right. It was weird because it was weird how sort of meta everything was, because basically Miz was the promo you alluded to before the match. Miz was basically saying that, like, he lost, but he made, like, did such a good job of putting Bad Bunny over that he's like a star too, which is kind of, I mean, that was a lot of like the feedback that I was seeing was that people were, people who don't always watch or like watching just for him were kind of getting an understanding of how putting together like a match works or how, you know, everybody working together to make everybody look good, you know, how that kind of gets underappreciated when it comes to like evaluating matches and whatnot, because there was a lot of people that were putting over Miz for you know bumping his ass off for him, Morrison for bumping his ass off for him. So it was weird that they sort of acknowledged that within storyline. That being said, you mentioned uh, Miz getting the pinfall with his feet on the ropes, but what you didn't mention, he done went and had himself a little bit of a wardrobe malfunction now, didn't he? Oh. His fucking pants exploded. Yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, you shouldn't wrestle in slacks. They, they, they don't stay together well. Mm-hmm. Suit pants do not stay together well. That's probably an expensive, probably a fucking $1,500 suit he had on. Um, I got a feeling Miz does not buy cheap shit. Um, not anymore. I just got a feeling because, you know, I mean, he's told his story, didn't grow up with a lot of money, and I think he pays very good money for his suits, and he has a lot of money. So, like I said, I think the guy's got a fucking Bugatti. You're not going to get a fucking car that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and then be sitting there in an off-the-rack suit. There you go. Hey, you want to no, go to Marshall's, babe, in the, in, the, in the Bugatti? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Smart. I know, I was just saying, no men's warehouse for him, I suppose. No. I mean, I go there. They do have some nice suits. And, they, and actually, they do have some very expensive suits if you they do have a rack, but no, 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 no. no. I, I'd like to stick in the... Three to five hundred. That'll there you last. Go. You. That'll last you pretty good. Won't dry cleaning it three times. Won't make it not match. And <laughs> suits are suits are f- fickle. I'll tell you that, Smart. Um, 
They are. They really are. But uh, all right, let's go ahead and get to this last little thing here. It's two segments tied into one, really. MVP and Drew. MVP is out there. He's talking. Drew comes out. So we got MVP and Drew going back and forth on the mic, right? Mm-hmm. Braun comes out and basically tells Drew, hey, take your ass back to the back of the line, bitch. Mm-hmm. And then Randy comes out and he's like, now that I took out Bray and Alexa, no more mind games. No more. <laughs> Which is the part that I love. Because he basically just shut up and goes, well, my feud's over. Can I have a title match, please? <laughs> Thank God this feud is over. Um, and then Adam Pierce comes out and he's like, I'll straighten this shit out. Mm-hmm. And he, as, only he as only he can by making a triple threat. Now, Smart, I believe he's trying to one-up Teddy Long's tag team matches mm-hmm. by making triple threats. That's what I think he's yeah, doing. That's, that's his. That's his thing. Everybody has to have their own like signature match and be like for Pierce against Triple Threat. Teddy Long was a tag team match. Dario Cueto loved ladder matches. Yeah, well, just, everybody has their own thing. And Teddy Long also loved going one on one with the Undertaker. <laughs> indeed, indeed, he did. Yes. Oh, he loved putting people against the Undertaker. He loved that shit. God, Teddy Long was great out there, man. He was so much fun. Just out there bouncing around and having a good time. You could see it in his face. He was having a blast. Uh, now we did get to this match. Now, Smart, I gotta say, I looked at the, I looked at how much time was left, and I'm like, oh god, there's only like ten, <laughs> there's like ten minutes left. <laughs> I did the same exact thing, so I'll not judge. <laughs> see, see, um, now few things in this match braun had a good time smart hitting randy orton with the steps mm-hmm. um randy at one point did have braun print uh, pinned drew runs in claymore to orton's head and then drew pins randy and now smart if you watch the hulu version you might not have seen this okay mvp walks out of the ramp and T-Bar and Mace come out and attack Drew. That wasn't on the Hulu version, was it? It was, yeah. Oh, then I stopped it early. Uh, I, I, obviously, I went back and watched it. So, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I heard this happen. I didn't see it, but I'm, I must have stopped it early or something. But uh, now, no one has said that they are in the Hurt Business, number one. I see a lot of people going, they're in the Hurt Business now? How does that make any sense? It doesn't. Could they just be fucking, sorry to use the word, could they just be a couple of thugs for hire? Mercenaries? Yeah, I could be saying. That's a better word for it. Well, I mean, that was, well, I mean, that's kind of the thing. And I mean, people are going to speculate because, you know, they were speculating that Corbin was going to be involved when he showed up with them. Just sort of natural for people to think that. If you're associating with them, that you're going to be part of the hurt business, but you know maybe that's not the case. It wouldn't make any sense, but that's also might be why they're going to do it. So it's, just, it's it's hard to say. Like logic doesn't always prevail with them, so you, you really sort of have to, you know, figure it out, parse parse things together yourself, and try to figure out what it is that's going on. It it just wouldn't make sense on so many levels. So many the. The way they have pushed this story, the way they've draped these guys and they had draped those guys in gold, 
it just wouldn't make any sense to put these two guys. They're just fucking going to be. I like your word. They're going to be fucking mercenaries. That's all they're going to be. Be, and I, I guess the rumor is that they're going to, you know, eventually drop the names. They might keep similar looking gear, but they're going to drop the names. So they, I don't know if they're going to go back to what their old names were. They're going to give them new names. That's sort of the rumor at the moment. But another reason it wouldn't make sense is like the Hurt Business were the like they were the only people that really successfully kind of stood up to retribution at that you know mm. at the very beginning at least you know, they were the ones that sort of ran them out of town yeah 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 it just it doesn't make any sense now i will tell you though if they if mace and t-bar are looking to drop the names mace i'm i would like to keep he looks fucking mean in that gear and if he can wrestle with it that's even mm. better it looks like the fucking predator in there wrestling dude yeah love it, it looks nice. I, love it. I love it i i, I t-bar I could see him wanting to take that fucking gear off. He probably, you know, everyone knows it's Dijakovic, so. Can right, we... yeah, that is the big difference. Is like, T-Bar sort of already has his identity. Yeah. People know who he is. Whereas, you know, Maze or Dio Madden or, you know, whatever, whatever you want to look at him as, he sort of didn't really have a personality, per se, or anything that really fans could associate with him. Yeah. So, you know, it's a good idea to sort of leave him with that if you're going to leave anybody with that. Yeah. And and when I say Mace looks like, you know, Predator in there, I, I, I do mean the character Predator, not a Predator. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 2021. You got you to gotta straighten that out now, Smart. I understand. I don't mean he's going in there like a Predator, like he's going to touch someone. That's not what I mean. I mean, it looks like he, the, just, he wears a mask and a trench coat. <laughs> I mean, like the real Predator, you know. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Predator. Good shit right there. Still on Hulu. If you want to check out that movie, still on Hulu. Well, well, yeah. I'm going to try it. I haven't really watched anything. I, I think I, I tried to watch the first Alien. I got a little bit distracted, but that whole sort of realm of the Alien movies, the Predator movies, Alien versus Predator versus Brown versus Predication, that kind of thing, haven't really delve too deep into that. Well, they weren't really tied together back in the 80s. They sort of grew together. Mm. As years went on, people were clamoring for it. I don't know why. But, yeah, they really weren't tied together back in the 80s at all. It just... They recently, by recently, I would say within the last 20 years, started putting the movies, those movies together. As, so they're yeah. thematically similar, but not necessarily within the same umbrella. Right. Right. Yeah. People just put them together and suddenly you had uh, Alien vs. Predator. And then from there, it just kind of took off because yeah, it was a big hit. That movie. I've seen mm-hmm. that one, but uh, the original Predator with and Jesse Ventura is is in there. And the guy who from the guy, the guy who played 48 hours, I played Billy Bear in 48 hours is in that movie. There you go. And his name is Billy in the movie. <laughs> his name is Billy in Predator, too. <laughs> that That's an entirely different sidebar. But, like, one of the things that I hate about, like, movies or sitcoms or whatever, when they cast a famous person and then the char- their character name is the same first name as the actor. 
Yeah. Like, that just always bugs me for some reason. Like, just for, it's a weird, it's a weird example. But the one that really just sticks out, the nanny. Mm. Where it's just like, this is Fran Drescher. It's like, it's not a character. It's just fucking Fran Drescher. That's just tune in to see her. Yeah. I got to tell you, I never watched one episode of that show, but I actually like Fran Drescher. She's, she's good. I do too, actually. She's kind of underrated in the looks department. Get a nice little nip look in a movie called Cadillac Man. I have seen this, yes, with Robin Williams. Robin Williams and Tim Robbins? Can't remember. I think his name is Tim Robbins. He's also in another movie called Bob that I love. I think that's the name. What about Bob or just Bob? Nope. I think it's just called Bob. I think Mm. that's it. I have it. It's somewhere. Like I have the DVD, like the physical DVD of it because I can't find it. Any other way. <clears throat> wink, wink, nod, nod. So I have the actual DVD. I actually ordered it from Amazon. Um, yes. Yeah. By the way, we are on Amazon. Did not know mm. that. Did not know that until today. If you want to listen to us on Amazon, I guess it's Amazon Play or Amazon Music. We're on there. Yeah. Pretty good there, huh? Um. All right. Tell you what. Let's jump on into NXT. Let's I, go. One, two, three, four, five. I have six notes for NXT. That's it. That's it. So, first thing I want to mention on NXT, Smart. Mm-hmm. Karen Cross just looks great coming out there with the title, man. He's jacked. He's got the fucking entrance. He's got the girl. He's got the, the, the title draped over him. Everything about it fits. Yes. I just wish they had a fucking crowd. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we'll get there at some point, I think. But I, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, Sasha Baron Corbin. NXT's on Tuesdays now, buddy. So I checked it out at work today. <laughs> I watched the first half last night and then the rest this afternoon. Yeah, I had a I didn't have an easy day, but I had enough time to keep pausing and going back and watching it. Man, I'll tell you what, I walked into work Monday and it was like truck, 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 truck. I had seven trucks. Three of them, I came back from lunch, three were waiting. I have two I have two docks, but I'm one man on one forklift, so but one man and Yes, I am only a man on a forklift. But uh Anyway, I, I really just wish they had a crowd um, with this. It's just, it, 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 it's so simple. It's so fitting. A crowd is going to pop for this. I don't care how much of a heel this guy is. He's going to walk out there with that entrance, with Scarlet, and the crowd's mm-hmm. going to fucking pop. They may even just be popping for Scarlet. I know I would. I get it. But everything about this just fits. I, I like it. I love it. I, it. He needs to have a really long run with that title so we can get them back in, in, in a crowd of people. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I was really starting to kind of wonder because I was seeing that in this, like a year from now directly, because this was episode 616. So in a year from now, it'll be episode 666. And I am curious if he will still be on the roster then, because it seems like that would be right up his alley with the whole sort of 
semi-demonic presence thing about him. They'll probably skip that episode. <laughs> probably. It'll be like episode six, six, seven. Right, to six, six, seven. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, but, uh, and you know, Derek, I don't know if it is on Peacock the night after. I know you can get a, a shrunk version on Hulu, uh, which is what I actually usually watch. Only an hour. You don't miss much. You can go check it. And I, I, I knew you were typing Peacock, Derek. You don't have to correct yourself. <laughs> I didn't say Peacock. Yes, you want to be graded for your spelling and accuracy. This, this son of a bitch said Peacock. All right. <laughs> Getting a demerit. Please stay after class. We'll smoke a joint together. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's in the teachers. Uh, did have one teacher that would do that, actually. Um, Nice. Oh, that was the that was my old woodshop teacher. This guy was old. I mean, old. He had a horse that used to, you know, that buggy racing where the you know they're on the back and the. I'm not even sure what they really call it. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's the idea that somebody that is just like <laughs> drastically old is the woodshop teacher. <laughs> he was. He was. He was a cool guy, though, man. He would he would sit there. He'd smoke with us, and then. Just, he was a cool guy. I'm not going to mention his name. I'm just going to say he was a really cool guy. But, uh, it again, all this just fits with uh, with Cross. I like it. I, I, I just want him to have the opportunity to be, because he didn't, he, he, he had to surrender the title almost the day after he won it last time, which was in front of people. And then this whole thing hit, and he comes back to no fans and a bunch of fucking TV screens. Um <laughs> He basically says you know, in the promo, oh, it was only a matter of time before I had this back around my waist. Obviously, he's right. Puts Balor over. Didn't surprise me. And then basically, he puts the whole locker room on notice. Anything else? No, that pretty much covers it, I think. Okay. Then let's go ahead and rock on and move on. We get the um, next segment <clears throat> that I want to get into is MSK. Versus Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. Now, again, this is one of those matches where if you're a a fan, you know what's going on here. You know this is going to end up the way it does. There is no way on God's green earth they are taking the titles off of MX, uh, off of MSK. I don't care if it's the first Tuesday they're on, the last Tuesday they're on. They are not going to fucking do it after they put so much, so quick into these two guys. Uh, no way. No way. So, again, didn't take me out of the match, but you knew where it was going. Right. Yeah, that's fair. And, I mean, it was what it was. It wasn't super long either, so that was a good part of it. And, but, like, for what it was, I think it was good. Like, I, I'm right there with you where I didn't think that they were going to lose. But I think it was a good way for them to sort of showcase their moveset and what they're about, how they wrestle as a team. So it was concerned. No, and I, I, I'm not saying, oh, this was awful, this was stupid. None of that at all. They did right. further a storyline here. At the end, Alexander Wolf got in the ring and was staring at, um, at uh, Killian Dane. So, you know, 
and Imperium jumped him from behind. So they did at least further a storyline in here. It wasn't like they just went out there, had a quick match, MSK wins, and all right, let's go to the next the next match with nothing else. I'll give them a little credit there, I guess. So at least they tried to further something. But again, they've put so much into MSK. They did. I mean, they literally, you want to talk about going, you know, no pun intended, all in on someone. I've said that before. They really did. They put everything behind these guys right away. Right away. You know, obviously they got a lot of confidence in them. And uh, if they keep doing what they're doing, I think they're going to be, they're going to move up very quickly. Yeah, I totally agree. And then what? I I hate to say it, but and then what? All right. So we get Santos Escobar. After that's marked with uh, Legado del Fantasma, you know, um, uh, Escobar. Wild and uh, the other guy. (laughs) uh, Wild and Mendoza. Yes, that's right. Raul Mendoza. There you go. Escobar's out there, you know, cutting his promo in the middle of the promo. He issues an open challenge. Kushida comes out. And it's Kushida versus Santos. He accepts the challenge, and they go at it. Great match. Now, I did notice Kushida was in trunks, not the usual. He usually wears the jeans out there, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. That's paying tribute to his childhood hero, John Cena, with the jorts. <laughs> yes, that's you're right. He does. He wears the jorts out there. He trunks on. Getting a little serious. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they have. Uh, they got some. And once again, I'm glad to see this guy. I don't care if it's a mid-card title, a low-card, whatever you want to call it, a joke title. I'm glad to see they've got some confidence in Kushida to start putting titles on him and see if he can do anything with them. Um, They new Cruiserweight champion after a great fucking match between these two guys. I mean, holy shit, what a match between these two guys. Um, I mean, Escobar was pissed at uh, at the end of the match, but Kushida put on a great fucking showing in this match. I've said before, that guy is so talented, so creative in the ring. I like him, and I'm uh, I'm glad they're going to... I mean, I don't. I'm, maybe this is a test. Start him here and go from there. Yeah. yeah. I, I, thought, I thought it was a little little bit on the short side. It was more of... They, they, I think they, they had a little bit of uh, the pitcher-in-pitcher, pitcher too. was kind of how they fleshed it out. So if you're... Like me, I went back and watched the full version. But if you're like me and you watch the Hulu version, it was a lot more truncated. But I, I did like the idea that they sort of uh, Santos wasn't necessarily exposed, like he wasn't outclassed or outworked, outmaneuvered or whatever. He was more of he was riding the high of winning on takeover. He kind of just arrogantly put out an open challenge. Maybe took Kushida a little bit lightly, and he ended up you know, getting the better of him because he won with the roll up. It was a nice little innovative, like kind of pinning maneuver, but it was, it was, he didn't win via roll up. So it was sort of a flash pin situations. And it was, like I said, it was completely outclassed. So he still manages the same face in the loss. And then he obviously put the belt like sheet in, So it's bigger and better things for him too. So good stuff. Yeah. 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 Most definitely. Now, Sasha Baron Corbin saying Devlin sucked. Did Devlin have a match that I missed on the Hulu version? He he didn't have a match per se, but he came to Koshida, who was in the training room, and he said how basically Fortune had smiled upon him because he asked to go back to the land from which he came. I think he's Ireland. But anyways, he has to go back. 
so he's not going to be able to compete and be in NXT, compete for the title or whatever. So, but when he comes back, he's coming back with a vengeance and he's taking the title. Are they deporting him? I guess. I mean, you fucking like JBL is going to go ahead and just lariat him back to where he came from. Jesus Christ, we lost two people. Then we lost two people on this show. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Uh, we get a. The woman's segment here. A, a good chunk of this segment um, was a, 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 there was a nice little end to this segment here. We get Dakota Cry, uh, Kai bringing out uh, Raquel Gonzalez, obviously the new <laughs> NXT Women's Champion, Raquel Gonzalez. Now, Raquel cuts a promo. Now, Smart, I got to say something. Yes. I think Raquel is better than Charlotte. In ring mm-hmm. and promo wise, how's that? Sure, sure. So, just wanted to throw that out there. There's many better than Charlotte in this company, as far as I'm concerned. Now, as this goes along, we get some music, and uh, it's Frankie Monet, smart, <laughs> formerly Taya Valkyrie. She comes out with uh, with her dog. I'm not sure what the name of the dog is, but uh, adorable little little pooch. Now, this Taya and Raquel feud is obviously starting right here. Now, I can get behind this, man. Yes. Two jacked up women, great in the ring. Both can cut good promos. And I don't know if... I don't know if uh, 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 Frankie... Just sounds weird to call her that. I don't know if uh, she is a Latina, but I know she worked in CMLL on a few promotions like that, so she definitely has some Spanish. Right. No. Yeah. She's she's fluent. She's worked, like you said, she worked. Uh, she worked Triple H, worked Lucha Underground. She sort of has that Luchador style about her. So yeah, she's definitely first in the. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Is her? I mean, this is going to throw her right into the title picture too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Fucking Raquel Gonzalez with the line of the night. <laughs> she threat. She informed Miss Monet. Were she to interrupt her again, she was going to shove her dog up her ass. She did. I'm surprised Peter hasn't come after him yet for that. That would be really bad. Uh, she should have just. I, I will say that's the first time I've ever heard that thread before. She, of, I am going to shove your dog up your ass. Yeah, I, she should have gone with a big boss man reference. <laughs> and you're going to be Al Snow. All right. <laughs> it's be a very interesting pivot to be like the happy, smiley, like pseudo baby face in this moment. To be able, like, I would kill your dog and make you eat it if you ever disrupt me again. Would you like some pepper with that? Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, all right. So after that, again, they they sort of set up that they're going to be having a nice little feud together, which again, I'm 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 looking forward to. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, again, I haven't seen a lot of Taya Valkyrie, but um, and again, that is John Morrison's wife. So good to have her there, and I'm sure he's happy. So. Anyway, after all that happens, we get Rhea. She comes down looking great. Her and Raquel have a little stare down, Smark, and then they then they just clink belts and give each other a nice little 
Nice little smile. Then we get Bianca. And then, now they had taken a picture. Or someone had taken a picture of Raquel Gonzalez, Bianca Belair, and Rhea, all three together. And they put the picture up on the screen. They all point at it. And they all kind of give a nice little hug. Really good moment for them. Now, Smart, I don't know if you saw what I saw on the okay. old on the old toxic media. Did you see people comparing this to the the curtain call, the click curtain call? I did not, but that that sounds pretty ridiculous. I did. And I was I I saw people going, Did they just curtain call? No, this is twenty twenty one. They are three women who came from NXT and fucking killed it and all now have titles. What? Well, yeah, That's different it. places. Because, I mean, they already had that blow-off for the uh, Ripley and Gonzalez feud. So it was like, all right, it's behind them. That's in the past. I think more than anything, it was just sort of their way of, it was the first Tuesday that NXT was on USA. So it was like, Here's where the stars are the where it's like they've all been in NXT and now they're all moving on. Well, with the exception of Gonzalez because she's still there, but they're all moving on to greener pastures or you know. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All moving on. I mean, Bianca Belair has been in to the main roster the longest, obviously. Rhea eh, kinda tapped back and forth once or twice. This is I think this might be actually be her second time because she was over there and then they brought her they left her on uh she was over there for the Charlotte feud, and then they, mm-hmm. you know, left her. Then they brought her back. So, um, it, again, I mean, you just got three, and I mean, Bianca Belair had a, an incredible mania moment. Deserved one more moment. She'll, I'm sure they're going to definitely be putting her over on uh, SmackDown. So, you know, that's fine oh, yes. too. So, but uh, she deserved this. There's no reason for anyone to start comparing this to shit like that. So. My God, everyone needs to just stop jumping to these conclusions. Or I need to stay the fuck off social media. That's probably what really needs to happen. Um, anyway, two more little things we'll talk about. We'll talk about uh, this little Roderick Strong thing and then this uh, little main event. <laughs> so real quick then, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, it was in the Hulu version too, but they played the aftermath. Of the Kyle O'Reilly Adam Cole match, yeah, which was fucking amazing. It, 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 it didn't achieve what I imagined the desired result was, because I don't think the desired result was for me to laugh hysterically at it. But I, I got a really big good kick out of they showed the match. They showed all the big moves that happened. They showed them being like put into the ambulance and then being taken out of the ambulance, being transported to the quote local medical facility as they like to call it. And so they have both of them on stretchers. It's just the entire time as they're being like rolled in on the hospital, in their hospital beds, you have Adam Cole just going, yay shit, Kyle. I'm a fucking kill you. Fuck you, Kyle. Fuck you. You're dead. You're a dead man. Like, I just got such a big kick out of him. And like, he, he's not even like propped up. He's just straight up laying there, like almost fucking unconscious. And you have him going, fuck you. Like, it's basically being like, fuck you. You ain't shit. Literally telling him that he's dead. That's a straight up verbatim thing. Mm. And then on top of that, to make it even funnier, you see them being wheeled in. And while he's supposed to be talking, his lips are not moving. <laughs> Did it remind you a little bit of uh, uh, Days of Thunder? A little bit. Remember that movie? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Tom Cruise. Yeah, when they're, you know, the uh, uh, Tom Cruise and, uh, oh my God, Michael Rooker are uh, going down, you know, they're driving down the hall and they're racing their, their fucking wheelchairs. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That remind me of that. Just kind of did. Anyway, Roderick Strong. But yeah, that you're right. I, I actually laughed at that too. And I just decided not to. Again, I'm just trying to tighten up my notes a little bit, not get into every little segment. It's just beep boop to throw it back there. We get Roderick Strong. He's uh, We saw him earlier, but we see him again. He's with uh, Marina Shafir, who doesn't even look like the same Marina Shafir. Mm-hmm. Looks like she's put on about 20 fucking pounds of muscle, dude. Um, mm-hmm. Roderick is seemingly, I remember, if you remember, I believe it was two weeks ago when he said, kind of walked out like old sad puppy dog and said, I'm done. I'm just done with all of it. Was it two weeks ago, Smart? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he lost to Grimes and then that's two weeks ago. And he took himself out of the, uh, and he took himself out of the uh, that battle royal match. Yeah, battle so, royal for the gauntlet for the championship titles. Uh, mm. He's not in a, a rushing this and down situation. Now he hands Regal an envelope, a you know paper size, one of those little you know eight and a half by eleven Manila envelopes. Hands him one. Now. I've got two things that I caught here when I was watching this. First of all, Regal says, okay, you're welcome back anytime. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Second, Regal never opened that envelope. I have a feeling that envelope is going to end up being a contract. And that Regal mm-hmm. is going to make a match with whoever he had a contract drawn up against. Interesting. I think that's like, where it's going to go. Because he did. It was better than my theory, which was oh. just that there was anthrax in there. <laughs> it's part of his new gimmick. I don't think they would go there, Smark. I, I really don't. Um, I mean, I'd get a chuckle. You'd get a chuckle. Mm-hmm. But well, no, I mean, like a, like, a, like a CD, like from the you know, Scott Ian. Oh. Oh, oh, the band anthrax. Well, I mean, you know, you probably jam that out, man. Fucking Regal, man. He's a cool guy. Oh, yeah. Regal's definitely a metal guy. I think that what that is, is that is a drawn up contract because somehow these, these, these superstars can actually draw up their own contracts somehow. They do it all the time. So I think that's what it is. I think he's going to end up coming back. It's going to be a match with someone. I'm not 100% sure. Might even be back with Grimes again. Might be a gimmick match. We'll see what happens. There's a WrestleMania backlash is coming up soon, Smart. Indeed it is. So there's probably going to be a takeover. Yes, I said WrestleMania backlash. Now, you know what? Let's get into this real quick, Smart, since I just mentioned it. Let's 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 talk about this. And I heard <laughs> that they also are, are doing a WrestleMania SummerSlam. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I got a problem with it, but when you take the name of your biggest show of the year and start tacking it on to other pay-per-views, it just makes that pay-per-view less each time. 
It right. makes that huge pay-per-view, that huge weekend that people pay for. People used to, I mean, I, I know the pandemic going on right now. People cross countries come to this show, and you're just going to tack that on to a few others? Why? Just so you can get people in the stadium again? I, I, I'm, I, it, it's a little worrisome. You're just taking the name. I mean, that's the... It's like if you've got a signature burger and suddenly you decide to throw a onion ring on top. Never had before. I mean, it's yeah, because the rodeo walker. Yeah, I mean, it's fine, but why are you doing that? You had the best burger and you just decided to throw it onto another burger. Why are you doing this? I don't know. That's probably the worst analogy ever or comparison. But I'm so I don't know. Throwing a burger onto another burger. I actually right I, now I feel like a burger, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, now they're doing WrestleMania pay per views. So, I'm sure there'll be a takeover. Maybe that's where we're going to see Roderick Strong come back. Maybe he comes back as a as a heel. Maybe he comes back as a huge baby face. I have to say, if he didn't come back, I probably wouldn't even notice. <laughs> He's gonna start trying to come back, and nobody pays. Well, I mean, they it's like got this wonderful know. life situation. I mean, they got Austin Theory. You know, they got they got other little guys out there they can put out there. I don't think I would notice after uh, if he didn't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll open a beer in the guy's honor, but. <laughs> <laughs> what I even like is I, I like how he showed up with his wife. Mm-hmm. Where it's like even when he's by himself, he's still just like the secondary member of whatever it is. Like he's like Wait. he can't ever be like on his own. He can't ever be like the star. They're married. Yeah, yeah. He really? said his wife. Oh, I didn't. I, I, I mean, I knew they were, you know, together. I didn't know they were married. Oh, good for them. So, like, even then, like, his wife basically filed the quote-unquote retirement papers for him. Wow. I don't think they are, Smark. (laughs) That's what they said on commentary. Well, did they see what was in the envelope? Well, that's true. Did anyone see what was in the envelope? That's a good question. That's a good question. Wasn't there, like, some kind of, like, late... 2000s WCW angle built on a fucking manila envelope. I can't remember what it was, but it, this seems eerily familiar. I would laugh if basically Regal, like next week, Regal opens it and it's just like a picture out of a coloring book and he's just got it colored perfect and he's signed the bottom. And, she, <laughs> and Regal's just like, the hell is this? Okay. Remarkable curse for crackles. Alright, let's see what happens. Uh shit. Alright, let's get into this main event. I can fully picture this too, and like it has to be like a bear. Like it is a bear and the bear is like perfectly bear colored, but it's like a bear that's like wearing you know, it's anthropomorphic. It's got like a little hat on and a t shirt. Whole nine yards. Oh yeah. Probably that. I that 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 that, that would be so adorable. Just a- mm-hmm. Just a unicorn all covered in perfectly. Just colored in beautifully. <laughs> There's a distinct possibility that before I go to bed tonight, the last thing I'm going to think about is Roderick Strong using a coloring book. Yeah, or it's just a 
a picture of the of, of an armband that he colored in with a big circle and a and a line across it. <laughs> While he's sitting in his high chair with his wife at on the Applebee's, it, it's done on. I was about to say it's done on. The, it's done on a napkin, and he just <laughs> <laughs> just gnawing away at the chicken tender. <laughs> there's just paper, and then there's a paper towel shoved in the rest of the envelope. Uh, <laughs> all I'm right, go ahead and push for Roderick's coloring book to be the title of this. Show. <laughs> oh, oh shit! All right, um, and and just real quick, by the way, this is our first week doing these three shows in a row, so. Really gonna we'll see is what we were trying to say. Yeah, I am. I'm really gonna. I, I don't know if we're gonna maybe have to leave off a show. Give us some feedback. Let us know if we should, or if you don't even want us to talk about one, let us know that too, because we won't waste our fucking time. Uh, right, you don't have to say Rob, but you should say Rob. Is what I'm trying to say. To you. <laughs> Do you have a blank check to give to anyone, Smart? <laughs> well, but of course. I mean, I can't legally say that. You pay all and such. Well, you know, I, I don't believe payola for saying something on a podcast is. Anyway, we get this. There's FCC. No, you're right. There is. Oh, fuck them. We're not fucking governed by them. Eight man mixed tag match is what we get for this little uh, <laughs> Sasha Baron Corbin says skip AEW. <laughs> Of course. I like your style. I like your style, Sasha. <laughs> All right. Um, Eight-man mixed tag. It's uh, Dexter Loomis, Bronson Reed, Ember and Shotzi versus The Way, all four of them. Now, we all know over the last few weeks, Indy Hartwell has been uh, sort of hot and bothered by old Dexter Loomis. Mm-hmm. Um. This was a big part of this match. <laughs> Indeed was. A big part. Um, Loomis and Theory actually start off the match. It didn't last too long, though. Now, into the match as we keep going, Indy is like face-to-face with Dexter Loomis. He walks up to her, and she's just all smiles. And Candace pulls her off the apron as she goes in for a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this match did turn into a bit of a clusterfuck, Mark. Did you, did you kind of catch that? I mean, and the fucking switching of the camera angles did not help the clusterfucking of the match. Right. Very much so, yeah. Oh. It was, it was, it's, it's such an like, awkward situation when they do stuff like this. And, and I get why they do it, but it's like it's just very weird because you have like the women that are doing the moves to the men doing the dives and whatnot. And just kind of chucking them around, but then like the guys can't really do anything, so it just becomes very weird and uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not even trying to sit here and complain and be like, oh, they're de- you know, they're demasculating them, but it's just it's weird because it's like there's no reason other than just like the real world reason of you don't want to show that violence, but like for the character, it's like well, it doesn't make sense. They're not trying to stand up for themselves. It becomes weird. It does. And and you're right. I mean, we don't want to see that violence anymore. I get it. But yeah, you're right there. I mean, it's, and it is kind of a double standard. 
Right. Because the women can beat the shit out of the guy. We, 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 they could go in there and hit him with a chair. <laughs> I mean, unless you're Randy Orton, Randy Orton can seem, seemingly can RKO women and it's fine. <laughs> Maybe he's from a different time. <laughs> I mean, he when he RKO'd Beth, I didn't. I mean, I heard some people complaining, but you know. As we'd said, we've said many times tonight, social media is just a toxic fucking cesspool, anyway. So, right, but, uh, and the people that were complaining have not heard her do commentary. No, exactly, exactly. So, um, <laughs> you bastard. Uh, and again, it, it just match got a little clusterfucky at some points. Now, basically, I'm going to go to the end of the match. Loomis has Gargano in silence. He almost has him passed out. In, Indy comes in. She's behind Dexter Loomis, Mark. And she yes. just can't bring herself to kick him. So she decides to just fall down loudly and take a bump. Now, after a little bit, Loomis did end up carrying her out, and she had the biggest shit-eating grin on her face as he's carrying her up that ramp. Indeed. Well, she even like made a note of turning her head and giving the thumbs up right behind now, his back. Yeah, I mean, she acted like she was hurt, so he'd pick her up. She did it twice, really. At one point, you know, um, uh, Gargano was kind of like, what the fuck? And she did it. So obviously the way is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Um, think, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I definitely see Theory and Gargano having some good matches down the road. Andy Hartwell and Candice could be fun to watch. Looks like, uh, I don't know, but uh, Loomis getting involved is going to be going to be fun to see where they bring it. Cause I got to be honest with you. They haven't done much with him lately. Smart. Not yeah. They haven't done much that I like. I like him. I really do, but they haven't done much with him. That's like giving a fuck. Fucking guys, <laughs> fucking guys drawing pictures for him being a host. <laughs> so, like, my question with all of this in this match is, why did they like run out of fabric or like what happened? Like, why couldn't they give Austin Theory matching gear? Everybody else had matching gear. They all had that sort of like turquoise type color. I think it was, but except for Theory, Theory he just had like regular blue. Well, maybe Theory had heard the um, Honky Tonk Man shoot where he said, "If they put you in baby blue, you're fucked." <laughs> I also like that as a mental image of just awesome theory idolizing the honky tonk man. <laughs> just being like, you know, maybe he's got a point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just walking around the Hall of Fame ceremony, but like, just come out of your paycheck, you fucking Mark. <laughs> oh shit! Well, anyway, even without Dexter Loomis, uh, Reed Ember and Shotzi do end up winning that match. And like I said, main part of that match was really the indie thing the the winner who or what it, it was really to further that story obviously because that was very heavily uh, injected into the match mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and really that was NXT uh, for they did do a decent number they did uh, 8 I think 805 was the number for yeah. This? yeah it was 802 802 I'm sorry. A two, five, that nah, they all look the same. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, basically the same thing. It, it's up quite a bit from what it normally is for normally does. 
I think they need to keep these numbers up. They need to actually gain these numbers a little bit more. Um, but that's a good number on your first Tuesday. And I got to be honest, for your for a first Tuesday, this show wasn't exactly knocking me out of my seat, you know? Yeah, not necessarily. There was nothing. Well, it, there was and there wasn't. Like, they, they tried to make it a big show. Uh. It's just it's debatable on whether or not... Because they, they put two title matches in there. They opened it up with Cross. They did that whole, you know, segment with the women of just like, you know, are the women that we have here are sort of the future. That was the whole message behind that, you know, that segment. Mm-hmm. And so, like, then they had their moments. And then, like, you know, The Way is a big act for them. They showcased them. They showcased the women's tag team champions. So it's like right. they did about the best they could do in that situation. It's just right now it's, it's hard because they, obviously they had takeovers, so all the like feuds are sort of concluded. So there's no like real big feud match payoff that they could put out there at the moment, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, this whole way thing is still working itself out. So, you know, I guess that's, you know, one storyline they're continuing. So, I, I mean... Like I said, it's just uh, now. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and you know say that NXT didn't put on the greatest show, unopposed, and say that AEW did either. Because for being unopposed, I think they phoned it in a bit tonight. I hate to say that, but they kind of did. A little bit, a little bit. All right, all right. I'm I'm glad you at least. I mean, well, you know what? Let's let's. Let's go ahead and not, not it. as much as the last last week. It looked like they were just like, yeah, fuck it, we got nothing. See, I didn't even go back and watch last week. I gotta be, I, I gotta be honest. I did not go back and la- I mean, last week we did NXT because it was night one, um, of uh, Takeover. So that's what we did instead. But uh, I, I, I just even AEW tonight didn't feel like okay. We're unopposed. Let's go out there and fucking kill it. Felt like, all right, we're unopposed. Last week was WrestleMania. Let's just kind of get a show out there this week, and maybe next week we'll jump back into it. (laughs) And, I mean, they've already got a few matches for next week, so we'll see. But let's go ahead and run through this real quick. Now, smart. AEW. Yes. We're getting the heel young bucks. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> the million dollar question. I guess in order to keep the elite together, because you know people were fretting over whether or not they would maintain as a group. I, I, the, all right, whatever. I, I, I'm not the biggest young bucks fan anyway, but them as heels just. They just, they're still, I mean, I know they're getting older, but they still just look like white meat, baby faces. Always. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and they sort of mentioned that on commentary, how they were sort of parodying themselves in a way. Mm. So that was kind of interesting because they were going through their same, you know, the same beats that they normally do in their match. But they were just sort of doing it with insincere faces and being kind of sarcastic about it. Yeah, I mean, besides the stupid beads hanging from the fucking, you know, their headbands, they just don't 
they're just they're just not heels. But anyway, all right. So we get that, and then right after that, we get a little Mike Tyson thing with uh, with MJF. Now, I went ahead and I saw it, so I decided to grab it when I saw it. I'm gonna go ahead and play it for you. Sure. MJ again, Mike Tyson back there. Obviously, Mike Tyson is going to be the special enforcer in the um, in the match later on with uh, Dax of FTR and Jericho with Sammy. So he's going to be the special enforcer outside there. Let's go ahead and play this real quick right now. Hi, I'm Mike Tyson, and I'm so delighted to be the Knights enforcer for the Jericho. Hey, 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 Mike, Michael, Mike, the Mike in there. What's going on, buddy? What are you doing Okay, here? all right, slow your roll, brother. We're cool. Look, I just want to say right off the whip, all right? Sure, I might have been barely born when you had your run on the top, but my dad said you were a big deal, and for that, Mike, kudos. Oh, sorry. Look, my boys in the pinnacle, they're a little peeved with you right now, especially because of your actions last week. Well, I'm mad at them, too. Oh, okay, yeah. and I get it, and, and guess what? Big man, you absolutely have every right to be. If anybody understands your actions more than me, I, I don't think they exist. Keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer, right? Because Chris Jericho is your enemy, and if there was ever a better time to strike than tonight, I don't know what is. I see my enemy right in front of no, me. No, no, hold on, Mike. Hold on. Let's just relax here for a second. All I'm saying is, I'm not asking you to cheat in this scenario. Well, that's what it's no, saying. No, 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 no. Tony Khan, I didn't ask him to cheat. I'm not asking you to cheat. Brother, all I'm asking you to do is be on the right side of history. Okay? Now, the last thing I would want for you, Mikey, is to look back on the night and have any regrets. Because looking at your face, I'm sure you can already think of one. Baby, whoa, 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 no, okay. Now, hold up, hold up. See this? Mike, Mike, we're going to settle down. This right here is a blank check with your name on it. Okay? Think about it. Rips the check out of his hand. Tears the check up. He's tearing. Puts the check in his mouth. He's chewing it. Okay. And he spits it. Okay. I'll remember that, Mike. I'll remember that. All right. First of all, never make fun of Mike Tyson's tattoo on his face. Mm -hmm. Never. Never. I don't think I would do that. But good segment. Tyson kept his cool. Which, yes, and like I, I know, I'm not cutting new ground here, breaking new ground here, but it's just very—it's a very funny contrast. Hearing him talk versus who he is as a person, because he sounds like he's this enthusiastic, like twelve-year-old, where he's just like, "I'm sure I'm happy to be here at AEW. This is gonna be this is gonna be a lot of fun." But then he's like, and then he's just sitting there, and like you look at him, he's like, "He'd kill me. He'd kill you. He would." Absolutely. This man could literally snap at any second and bite your fucking ear off. Literally. Mm -hmm. Literally bite your ear off. Or just decide to punch you once, which would probably take out a normal person. Mm -hmm. God, I would not want to be hit by Mike Tyson. Mm -mm -mm. Look, Steve-O took, Steve took a punch from him. And it wasn't even, and if you watch it, it wasn't even, Steve-O ran into his fist. Right. He didn't let he was smart enough, even in some of his drunkest stupors, not to let Mike Tyson actually punch him in the face. Sure. So that that I don't know. Tyson, no matter what, is still a badass. Sorry. Nice. Um But anyway, uh, you know, what MJF basically says, Hey, look, I'm I'm 
I'm not asking you to cheat. I'm asking you to take a bribe. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning I'm not asking you to cheat for free. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose it's honorable. Uh, I wouldn't say honorable. It's uh, it's something. At least he's compensating him. Uh, it, it's 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 comparable. There you go, Smart. That that it is. Yes. There it is. That it is. But uh, good little segment. I'm glad I found it because I don't think I could have done that justice. But uh, Tyson, like I said, kept his cool, which is pretty good. Luckily, he didn't really spit that, and it kind of missed. Uh, it hit his jacket. It hit MJF's jacket, so no big deal. But uh, good segment. Look, I, I know a lot of people have their feelings about Mike Tyson, but if you've ever watched his one-man show, I believe it's called Undisputed, it's worth a watch. It is really worth a watch. He goes through every bad moment of his life to the good moments of his life to more bad moments. It's a one-man show is what it is. Sure. Yeah, and, I haven't seen that, but I have seen a couple of like ESPN documentaries and what mm-hmm. he's, he's had a very interesting, very hard. Mm-hmm. It's and listen, on that one man special, he goes through all these horrible moments in his life, and when it comes to the one thing that he went to jail for, that rape, he still says he swears he didn't do it. I gotta tell you, man, I believe him. Well, I mean, he had, at the very least did not say, I didn't do it, but if I were to do it, here is a book on how I've done it. You're right. You're right. And he never, I never saw him running away from police in a white Bronco either. But if you've never seen Undisputed, I, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's the name of it, Undisputed. Um, again, it's the... It's just a Mike Tyson. He's talking on stage. It's a live show. It's worth the watch. I've mentioned it before, and I'll mention it again anytime I talk about Tyson because it is really good. And like I said, he seems like he's just being an honest guy in it and just, boom, knocking it out. It's almost done like kind of a motivational speech, believe it or not. Yes, by Mike Tyson. (laughs) So, anyway. Since we have these new heel Young Bucks, Mark, we get Pac and Ray Phoenix versus the Young Bucks in here. It was a good high-flying match, but still just a Young Bucks match to me and a long fucking match, man. It was, yes. They dedicated the better half of a half hour to it. Yeah. It was a very long match, but I was actually, I was pretty enthralled by it because I'm all about the flippy dippy doos. And you, you get a lot of that when you have the Young Bucks, you have Phoenix in there. And I mean, even Pac was doing it too, so... I really enjoyed it, but I can see how other people who might not be as interested in that particular style of wrestling would be a little bit less entertained and be a little bit more conscious of just how long it was that that was running. No, I mean, look, really great spots, great moves. Loved it. Uh, but it's just, you know, Young Bucks, you you, you just know how it's going to end. They did a little twist on the little thing tonight. Um and, you know, throughout this match, and you're right, it was 30 minutes. I mean, that's a quarter of their show done if you break it up into, you know, 30 minutes. They kept showing the roster and the crowd just looking disgusted with the Young Bucks for what they've done. Right. Now, 
to win. Now, there was a few things in the match I noticed. First of all, they showed you their boots, the bottom of their boots that said Dior, Christian Dior. Mm-hmm. But they also had Nike swooshes on the sides. Yeah, they're, they're supposed to be their Air Force Ones, the like special edition Dior Air Force Ones. <sighs> are they are they like ridiculously expensive? I would assume so. I, I am not at all well versed in this whole sneaker collection. Okay, you know hobby, but I was seeing a lot of people online that were talking about how it was kind of ridiculous that they were a wrestling in them, and b some, they took a photo and one of them was bending down, so it was like scrunching up the shoe. And they're like people were losing their mind about it. Oh wow! Well, when you walk, you actually forget it. Right. Well, that's that's sort of a thing. And I mean, I guess you could say that's kind of ridiculous about anything that you collect. But there's a lot of people that just they sell the shoes and they never wear the shoes and they sell them to other people who also don't wear them. And they all just kind of sit there in a closet somewhere. I mean, look, you want to do that? That's fine. It's up to you. I got no issues with it. I mean, I have things that I collect that I've, I mean, I have, like I said, I didn't realize, but I found out that I collected hats. I've never worn three quarters of them. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking about starting maybe giving away a few on the show. Some of them are signed by um, cigar, like CEOs, cigar company CEOs, not with my name, just signed. Hmm. So Interesting. thinking about giving some of them away here and there on the show. Um, but yeah, that they, they kept showing the roster. Rosters looking disgusted, um, yeah. and then the uh, the Bucks mark actually ended up ripping off Phoenix's mask. Yes, yeah, to get the win. Kind of uh, and- just more disrespect they're showing, obviously, to make the crowd more disgusted. <laughs> they they. Uh... Well, two 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 things, I guess. The first thing is they, they kept showing the tag team division because this was a tape show. Mm-hmm. And I guess they, there was no fans involved. It's like they so that's basically they, it was kind of their way of making it look kinda kinda sweetening sweetening the pot a little bit, as it were. And then the thing that's interesting about it though, is if you watch it back towards the end. You can actually see where he's undoing his mask to help them out <laughs> with the spot. Because there's a very long period. Because it's like Pac is getting on the ropes. Because mm-hmm. he's going to do his. He's going to hit him with his finish. But you see Phoenix like kneel down in front of the camera too, and he's just like kind of fidgeting. And then I wasn't really making sense to me because I was I was more paying attention to Pac at the time. But after you know the spot happens, I was like, oh, that's what's going. On. So I was like, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't actually catch him doing that. My wife had just come home with McDonald's, and I really wanted to eat my Big Mac. There you go. Yeah, I needed a Big Mac. She had to go to Walmart. My daughter ripped up her changing pad because she can grab it from her bed. <laughs> we will now. We need Big Mac every now and again. Yeah, yeah, Big Mac, some fries. Good stuff. Good like stuff. a double quarter pounder. I like that. I do. Now, do you know that you can order two things? First of all, you can order a Big Mac with quarter pounder patties. Mm-hmm. Two, you can order a double Big Mac. Interesting. I like it. I like it. I have got one day, me and my son, my older son, we're going to McDonald's. 
And he, I didn't know about the double Big Mac. He told me. He said, I want a double Big Mac. I said, what, what the fuck is that? He said, trust me, say it. I said, okay. So I pulled up and I said it. They gave us two double Big Macs and he ate the whole thing and I ate the whole thing and they were fucking delicious. Nice. They were expensive, but they'll do it for you. Oh, and, sure. Yeah, I mean, they usually yeah. do just kind of rude things for you if you ask them. Yeah, and it's four patties. You get, you know, two on the bottom, two on the top. It's 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 a filling motherfucker. I'll tell you that. Not bad. Yeah, took my 12-year-old to tell me that. The things he finds on the internet. Um, oh, that's all that is, too, because there's all those YouTube videos mm, of, like, yeah. secret McDonald's or secret such-and-such restaurant items that you never... And, like, I always see those, but I'm always, A, doubtful that they actually are things, and, B, if they actually are things, I feel like you're kind of being a little bit of an asshole if you go in there and you're like, all right, I want the special fish sandwich at Burger King. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, I mean, like I said, the double one is just, wow, they put a few extra patties in the little steaming bins they have. No, yeah, it's very little. But you're right. I I hate when people are like, and, you know, then add this, know this, do this. Come on. Right. I mean, take things off is fine. I never add anything. I just. Sure. Because I can't have mayo on anything, so I always take mayo off. One less thing for them to do. <laughs> My usual rule of thumb is I, I never order anything that like it would completely ruin it for me if they included it anyway. So like, because like I don't like beans, I don't like refried beans or things of that nature. So if we go to Mexican place or you go to a Taco Bell or whatever, I will make sure that I pick something off the menu that doesn't have beans because it's better than just the idea of asking them not to. And then if they do include it anyway, like you're not going to be able to pick the shit out. Like it's just that it's ruined at that point. Really? You don't like refried beans? Hmm. No, frijol, no. no frijoles for you. No, no. Oh, I love me some refried beans, man. Mm, 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 mm. Good shit right there. All right. All right. All right. Now I know. Now I know. That's more God. This, this is another thing we're not going to. There's a couple of things right here we're not going to spend a lot of time on real quick now. Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill. Um, I think Jade Cargill looked better in this match than her last match. What do you buy yeah, you? I, 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 I could see that. Because what the last one was the Shaq one, mm-hmm. or was that there was another one? No, that was her first match. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, think, she's yeah. she's even better. And then like plus out, we were talking about the fact that it was pre-recorded or that it was a taped show. Right. So you know that's sort of a benefit there, and I think that was strategically done. And I don't at all fault them for that. Where if there was you know a mistake here or there, but just go ahead and have them do it again and fix it in the editing. I did like the follow-away slam that Jade gave to Red Velvet over the barricade into the crowd. Mm-hmm. That was that pretty was cool. Nice. Uh, but Jade didn't end up winning this match, too. And looked good doing it. Mm, 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 mm. That's all I'll say. There you go. Now, we had this Anthony Agogo debut, Smart. Um, mm-hmm. one of QT's crew. So, you know, they're letting old QT come out there and try to 
put stuff together and I don't even know who the guy that Anthony Agogo went up against. Did they even say his name? We'll give it a look to see here. Give it, uh, see if you can. I mean, they probably have it up there by now, but I didn't even catch the guy's name. But this whole thing is just dumb, stupid. <laughs> QT having his own stable is just ridiculous. It just doesn't fit. Doesn't fit the character. Doesn't fit his look. Comes out there. It just doesn't fit. I don't. What? I mean, what do you think there? Well, just the whole, the whole idea of him being you know, and the whole idea of that feud with Cody and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm not invested in his character at all. That's, I think that's really the only thing that's sort of holding them back. Uh, the guy who he wrestled was Cole Carter, apparently, according to Bleacher Report. Okay. So there you go. But just they have a lot of people there who it, it's a nice sentiment, but like they're friends of the Young Bucks or they, you know, they do things for the Young Bucks. You get the people like QT Marshall, the people like Randy Cutler, just these people who are there because they have an actual personal close relationship with them and they're like, them being there sort of fosters a family type of vibe about them instead of it just being your regular sort of run-of-the-mill soulless company. But at the same time, <laughs> these people fucking suck. Like, these people are not interesting in any way. Which is like, you, you're, them existing is holding up a roster spot for somebody who could do a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. It, it It's all just fucking ridiculous to me. This whole thing. But... I guess they want to give him a shot and just let people complain about it. So, anyway, let's just move on before I get angry at QT Marshall. (laughs) Well, I mean, the whole, like, even before that, like, the last angle that he was involved in was, like, he was basically a simp. Like, he was (laughs) giving Allie money and giving her, like, the car and all this, like, personal information and shit. So, like, he's basically, his character before this was the kind of guy who fulfills Amazon wishes. Like, there's no reason to be invested in this guy. No. None. None at all. Which is why we should just move on and not even talk about it anymore. Sure. This was the, uh, the match right here with, uh, Mike Tyson as a special enforcer. Dax of FTR. Jericho with Sammy Guevara. Um, get, first of all, good idea to not give Tyson a chair this time. We saw how that worked out last time. He was almost sleeping. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that we haven't seen that gift resurface more often. Uh, well, I, I think it was a good idea to not give him a chair to sit in at that time. Mm. Because, uh, like I said, we, we, we did see that picture. It did resurface a little bit a couple weeks ago. Um, Speaking of chairs, Jericho grabs a chair and Tyson doesn't even let him use it. Now, he did say he was going to call it down the middle in in, in a little little promo earlier in the show. Um, But, I mean, we had a few good little things in this match. Dax used a microphone. Jericho used a pen. Now, I'll say this match was... If I say this match was fun but not very good, does that make sense? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's been matches like that. Like the one of the ones that sticks out in my mind is that like L Snow, Big Boss Man match that happened. It was like the Hardcore title, uh-huh. where it's like if you look back at it on that St. Valentine's Day massacre, like it was not a good wrestling match by any means. But just a lot of like interesting shit happened. That was fun. Uh, all right. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, it's it's not like it was a bad match. I'm I'm not saying it was bad. Just uh, listen. I think both of FTRs have, are like just absolutely severely overrated, and I think mm-hmm. I I really think them signing with AEW has proved that. To be honest with you, that they are very overrated. Um, but I mean, the match just turned into like most AEW, you know, matches that just turned into a fucking clusterfuck. Which I mean, even the main event turned into a goddamn clusterfuck. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I had a problem with that, but we'll get into that later. Well, I mean, you know, you get cash of, you know, out there with with a bat. Tyson lays him out with a right hook. Okay, well, if you're going to lay him out with a right hook, why didn't you let Jericho use the chair? Mm -hmm. Just, I thought this match. And the stipulation, like, was kind of nonsensical, too, because it was like, all right, so what we're going to do is we're going to allow you to have one person from your stable, but no more after that. It's like, you you can have, Dax Harwood can have Cash Wheeler by his side, Jericho can have Sammy Guevara, but no other inner circle members, no other pinnacle members. It's like, okay, so you're still going to allow potentially some level of interference, but you're not going to allow a lot of level of interference. Like, it was basically, so it was just like, well, we have to have somebody out there so that Tyson can deck somebody. <laughs> it just like, it was just a lot of, it was like almost the matchmaking equivalent of that spot where you get the people that just stand there on the outside and wait for somebody to dive. Where it's right. like, you can see them setting it up as they book it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's A lot of things in this match didn't make a lot of sense. Like I said, it was a fun match. You know, you got Tyson out there. You got Jericho out there. Jericho always, you know, kind of makes it a, a fun match when he's out there. You got Tyson out there. It just, I didn't think there was anything about this match that really, first of all, like you just said, made sense. And secondly, they just really stood out. Like I said, they, you know, we, we had them using a, a, a microphone, a pen. And then, you know, Jericho ends up getting the win. It, it was just kind of, why did you do this? Why did you do this? Okay, clusterfuck. Then, all right, they use shit anyway, and here we go. Jericho gets the win. Tyson knocks out, you know, uh, Cash. God, I hate that name. Cash. Tyson knocked out. With a right hook. And Jericho gets, I don't know. Bleh. But it wasn't the main event, so I guess that's good. Now, Smart. Yes. I'm going to move on here and ask you a question. We go to this little segment with all the the good brothers and Omega and that whole little stable. Now, I got to ask you something. Why are the good brothers still in AEW? I, no, hear me out here. Now, we... This experiment, this impact experiment, as you may call it, is pretty much, can we call it a total flop at this point? Yes, we can, but it's it's not, it's far from done, though. 
That's the thing. I realize that, but again, I said before, when this whole thing started, Impact is a sinking ship that they're jumping on. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they would do it, but this proves my point. And actually, I mean, you agreed with me, our point. So I'll say sure. this proves it that this experiment is just a, a flop. So why keep the Good Brothers there still? It's particularly perplexing because you added an extra team. You added something that they didn't necessarily need because the tag team wasn't strong enough on itself. So you didn't necessarily need their presence there. But, I mean, there are people, because, I mean, it's for lack of a better term, kind of the bullet club. Mm -hmm. So it's like there are people who do enjoy that, and there are people there that are there for that, the sort of kind of bastardized version of the bullet club. But it, like... It's just, it's very weird because where AEW would benefit from having a relationship with Impact, I think, would be the sort of additional depth that it could add to their women's division. Mm-hmm. Like, their, their, their women's division, it's solidifying itself. It's getting there. It's a lot better than it has been. Oh, yeah. But there's still a lot of pieces that you could use at Impact, you know, that work for Impact, the female wrestlers there that would have good matches with the wrestlers that they have on their roster. So it's like th- that would be kind of the way that they could benefit from that relationship. And then with the Impact, though, Impact's not, you know, none of the AEW people are really coming over. So it's just like they're not really getting anything out of it. AEW is not really getting anything out of it. It, if, at anything, you know, at best, it could be kind of a situation where it's sort of the foundation for a larger, like, kind of co-mingling of talents between AEW, Impact, New Japan, so on and so forth. Like, this, a big, a, it could be bigger moving forward, but at the moment, it, it's just sort of there. It's floundering. Yeah, I I guess so. And, and, and again, right now, it's not really benefiting either company, especially not mm-hmm. Impact. So I just, I don't know. At some point, you got to fucking cut your losses. And I think this might have been the problem. The, 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 it's probably time to, uh, you know, it's like having a, it's like having a deadly shark on the line. You just want to cut the fucking line and go about your day. I think that's the way you need to go here at this point. So, anyway, I'm going fishing this week, and I'm thinking fishing already. Uh, <laughs> so. And again, the, 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 the move on a little bit here. Not going to spend too much time on this one. Chris Statlander, though, did have her first match back in, what is it, four or five months, Mark? Yeah, that sounds right. She, she had been injured for a pretty long time. Right. She got injured around the Revolution pay-per-view, but I couldn't be wrong with faster. Sounds about right. Um, we get her out there. She's with Orange, Cat, Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends, which she kind of strangely just sort of joined out of nowhere. Um, and it's her versus Amber, Amber Nova. Kind of a squash match. Chris Statlander gets the quick win. I don't know. You really have to dig deep for it to make sense as to why she's with them. It, it's <laughs> sort of an inside joke of, of a sense, I guess. It, mm-hmm. And I don't even know if this is why or if I'm just piecing this together. 
Because they had Chuck Taylor and Trent, they had their, their best friend show on the High Spots Network. So they would have the wrestlers, they would interview them, and they would basically the whole idea was they would just ask them the dumbest questions possible. And I mean that in a good way. Like it was it was a comedy show for the most part. It wasn't an actual like shoot interview. They would just get people who they were friends with and they would ask them silly questions. Mm-hmm. It was pretty funny. But a lot of the times it would be shit like, you know, do you believe in like UFOs? Do you believe in aliens? Shit like that. So theoretically, since they asked him about aliens, she's an alien. It sort of works, I guess. But like you, 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 you gotta, you gotta add some blocks there. You, you sort of have to piece things together on your own time to make it make sense. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. They had a little bit of a chance there to make her character not so bailey like with the booping which is basically a hug mm-hmm. you know well i mean it gives, it gives somebody to talk for which i mean that's kind of what that character i'm not i'm not opposed to the character at all but how does she communicate and then how do you further fuse if she doesn't talk like it's kind of the same thing with dexter moves mm-hmm. but no i guess you're right Okay. <laughs> I guess you're right. Okay, I'll go with it. All right, let's just move on. I didn't want to spend time on that anyway. We get Tony Schiavone out there. He brings out Christian Smart. Yes. And we get Team Taz coming out in the middle of this little thing. Um, and Taz is pissed off. Christian, you didn't answer me. If you're going to join Team Taz. Uh, Christian made fun of his height. Taz's height. <laughs> but I got to tell you what. Chris uh Taz really ripped Christian on the mic <laughs> talking about how Edge is little friend and this and that. Taz got the best of him on the mic, I'll tell you. I I I really think he did. Yeah. <laughs> this poor guy has not been put in a position since. Mm. <laughs> And it doesn't help that Taz basically destroyed Evan. Mm. Taz really did, man. He really just verbally buried this guy. So I don't know. And then I mean, you know, we get this quick, this quick little exchange between uh, Hobbs comes in the ring, and we get this quick little exchange between those those guys, Hobbs. Beats the shit out of Christian, throws him against the barricade a few times, and that's pretty much the end of it. So, I don't know. I just thought, I mean, Taz just laid into him on the mic, man. <laughs> it was pretty rough. <laughs> so, we'll see what Christian can come back from again. This guy's got the huge albatross around his neck from the way they put him over, and... Now you get Taz out there basically just saying, look, I, 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 I never liked you. I didn't even like your old, you, you know, Edge, that piece of shit, basically he was saying. And you're a piece of shit, too. And I did like what Taz said. You want to make fun of my height? If I sat on my stack of money, I'd be taller than you. I'm not sure about that. We all know Christian saved his money, too. So, I don't know. Weird shit, good shit, but. Poor Christian. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. So let's go ahead and rock into this little main event here. We get Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen. In basically, 
I don't know what they were calling it. It's an anything goes match. Yes. Basically. That's what it is. Um, I like this match. Now, listen, smart. I don't know. Matt's a lot slower than he used to be, obviously. Well, also real quick, important to know his father did just recently pass away. Right. The last couple of days. Yeah, 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 he did. Um, I forget the name, but yeah, he did. Was it Gilbert? Gilbert? Hardy? I'm not sure on the name, I will say, but yeah, he did just this week pass away. So yeah. that's sort of... And, but actually, though, I think if it was pre-recorded, that would have happened before the fact. Actually, I think he passed away a few weeks ago, and it's just coming out now. Hmm, interesting. So, I don't know. Now, again, Matt Hardy's slower than he used to be, but still gets it done in the ring, in my opinion. Really does. Gets out there and can still take the bumps. Just can't move as fast. And... You know, Darby's always out there and creative as hell in the ring. Um, at one point, though, we get Matt's boys out there. You know, the butcher throws a trash can at Darby. Dark Order and Sting come out again. They may need... Listen, I like the brawls to end the show, but do we need a clusterfuck every week's mark? No. No. Thank you. Exactly. And every one of their matches are ending up in these clusterfucks because they have so many stables and this and that. And it's just happening. I mean, you know, I realize they're trying to build stories out of it. You know, we get Lance Archer out there with Sting and, you know, they're having a little moment between them. And it, but these clusterfucks, there's so much to keep up with already. That's the the thing, though. It's like, okay, there there were people there that it made sense as to why they were there. They've already kind of started to lay the groundwork to some of these stories, like you said, with Archer and Sting. What the fuck were Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page doing? Like, there was just so much. After a while, you you have to have faith in the people that you put into the match. It's like I, I felt like the the stuff that was just the stuff that was just Darby and Matt were, was good. I was enjoying that, but it's like you know you have to have some faith in them that they're going to be able to put on a good match. That you don't need to have all this other stuff going on alongside of it. Where it's right. like okay, no, 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 don't don't turn the channel, don't turn the channel. There's going to be more run-ins. There's going to be more spots. There's going to be more just shenanigans. It's like just leave, let them wrestle. Like, it's not that hard. Like, these are guys people care about. People mm. care about Matt Hardy. People care about Darby Allen. Let them work. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm listen, I'm down for shenanigans. But every fucking show. And, you know, the, again, they're letting... Uh, I see no reason to take this little belt off of Darby anyway. They Darby used the bat to uh, end up beating Hardy. He chokes him with it. Darby climbs up a huge steel beam. I don't know what they kept saying that was part of the truck. So I don't know what it was for, but he climbed up it huge coffin drop to win the match. Man, I all once again, I always worry about Darby. So, but that was, that was pretty cool. 
yeah, that, that was a good one. That was a good spot. I like that. And then, but that was sort of the thing, though. It's like you had all these people interfering and all these bells and whistles, but it didn't even factor into the finish. So it's like you literally didn't need any of that shit. Like, right. just let them work. It was a good match. Like, I'm not even, I'm not complaining about the match. I'm complaining that there was too much going on that distracted from it. Like, what we got in terms of a match was a good match. It was good quality. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a fine match. We didn't need all the bullshit and fuckery that went on with it, mm-hmm. but they seemed to enjoy it. So I don't know; <clears throat> wasn't worth it to me. But um, we got a there. We don't have much more news to get into. And man, I thought we were going to be much less time, but we're already over two hours here. So let's get a few quick things out of here. Now, Smart, you saw this. I saw the quick clip of it um since we're talking aew john moxley over the weekend actually at uh, gcw spring break ended up confronting nick gage after his match with uh, ricky shane page mm-hmm. so like i said i saw it a little bit you probably saw more than me because you were probably. You, did you watch this show already, or did not finish? Yeah, it? I've watched this show. Yeah, I watched it yesterday. Was when I watched all of it. All right. Um, mm-hmm. because it, it had happened Friday. It happened while we were on the air Friday. Ah. It's Friday. So I didn't get a chance to watch it as it was happening. But long story short, sort of they they've been feuding for a pretty long time. Nick Cage and Ricky Shane Page. Nick Cage was champion. He lost the belt. And then there was like he sort of had Ricky Shane Page sort of had like a guaranteed con- title match, sort of like a money in the bank type situation. Mm-hmm. So like right after the match where Gage lost the belt, he cashed in on it. Took, so basically stole the belt and the last couple of months have been based on people trying to take the belt back because he was sort of an invading force. He wasn't necessarily part of GCW proper is the story they were trying to sell. He has this whole stable of people that are Ohio wrestlers because he's from Ohio. So he has a bunch of Ohio based wrestlers. That's his stable. And the whole thing has been based on, you know, fuck Ricky Shane page, fuck Ohio is sort of the rallying cry for the people in GCW, Nick Gage included. And so he beat him. But again, the whole thing was like, Ohio is this fucking shitty place. Fuck Ohio. Fuck Ricky Shane page, so on and so forth. Well, after he, Nick Gage beat him, Hugh John Moxley's music, John Moxley being from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's an interesting little tidbit to that. Cause they had a little bit of a face off. And then as Nick Gage, or as Moxley's leaving the ring, Nick Gage again <laughs> kind of reiterates the familiar battle cry of Buck Ohio. <laughs> Moxley turns around and says, oh, excuse me, but and not in, <laughs> in no uncertain terms. So they have themselves a little bit of a brawl. It was pretty interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with this. Nice. Oh, he, and I will say sort of to note. He has kind of worked with them before, but he's always done. The only, the only stuff that he's done for them is the blood sport. So he's worked the last two or three blood sports. He had he mm-hmm. worked the blood sport of WrestleMania weekend, wrestled Josh Barnett. The one before this, he wrestled uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. Right. Yeah. So we've got to get him, get him involved. I wouldn't think it'd be a bad thing to have. Uh, I'll tell you what, it wouldn't be a bad thing to have John Moxley of AEW as your GCW World Champion. For a little bit. Oh yeah, it would be it would be very big for them. Oh, but yeah. I will also say I, I got to give a lot of credit 
to the GCW fans and to Nick Gage, I guess, because mm. there were a lot of people that were booing John Mox just for getting in Gage's face, which I am fucking astounded by. It's like <laughs> at first it was the initial, oh my god, John Moxley's here, but then it's like, oh, he's he's going after our guy. We can't let this happen. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, oh, I don't know, man. It's gonna be a like I said that that's gonna be good if they can actually find a way to get the belt on Moxley, which I get the feeling. And they're it's going an to. interesting story too, because Gage was cutting a promo because Moxley, of course, was in CCW before mm-hmm. with Nick Gage. And he was basically cutting a promo. It's like, I haven't seen your punk ass in 10 years, and this is the shit you pull. Like, I remember you when you were nothing. Like, get out of here, son. Like, yeah. I, I just, I like that, because he was like, you know, I was on this scene when you were a little fucking kid. Like, get out of here. Pretty much. Pretty mm-hmm. much, man. Good shit right there. Now, um, all right, let's just roll to the next little thing, which is the last thing we're going to talk about, Mark. I know I had the one little, other little tidbit of the, uh, the 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 F nine the Fast and Furious nine um, thing, but let's wait till Friday for that. We'll play it Friday. Let's get into the Evil East thing uh, since we're kind of rolling with AEW here. Now, Evil East is once again kind of in uh, in trouble with a company. She puts out a tweet today that says, "History repeats itself." Unfortunately. I speak up about mistreatment and get let go. That's life. So she, obviously everyone's speculating. Looks like AEW let her go. Now, smart. She's had a problem with pretty much every company she's been in. One way or another. At what point does she look at herself and say, well, there's only one common denominator. Me. Me. There's got to be something. Now, she blames Thunder Rosa in another little post that I'm going to read in a minute here. She blames Thunder Rosa a little bit. More than a little bit. But, again, at what point do you just say, well, you know what? Maybe it's me if I'm the one getting released from all these companies. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, we talked about this, I believe, last week, actually. Mm. It was like, you know, she's had this sort of history. And, and you know, it's hard to say because, you know, we're not, obviously, we're not there. So we don't know exactly what it was that happened. Sometimes, you, you know, some people, just because you don't look like you're in the right doesn't necessarily mean that you're not in the right. Like some people, you know, it's, it becomes a popularity contest sometimes or it's less about who is right, who is just, than you know, who plays the game properly. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it's just like you asked after a while, if this doesn't, you know, keep it, this, you keep going to different companies and this doesn't work out for you. Don't you have to start looking in the mirror? That's the thing though, is she feels entirely justified is the thing. And she might very well be like, again, we don't necessarily know what it was that caused this whole falling out. She might be entirely in the right, but, even if she's not, she doesn't feel that way. So, you know, she feels like she is right. She feels like she is the one that has been done wrong. It's hard to say. Like, I will say that I've just, I've, you know, we've talked about it. We've seen it and we've discussed it. Her having falling out to companies before. I've heard a shoot interview here or there where 
like somebody will just sort of throw a little bit of a diss about her and like other people just like nobody will be like, hey, that's fucked up. They'll just be like, yeah. Like I, I remember not exactly what it was that he said, but I remember like Jack Evans sort of like kind of taking some shots at her a little bit and nobody being like, that's fucked up. Everybody just being like, yeah, you got a point. So it's like after a while, like, you know, it goes back to all the other people that we talk about, you know, the fucking the low keys of the world, just where it's like, you know, they have talent, but they continue to get in their own. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And she seems to be the one that, again, just like Loki, like Austin Aries, just can't admit the, the problem is him. Um, and, I mean, he's a Looney Tunes anyway, obviously. But, sure. <laughs> but Ivelisse just seems, um, and again, she blames Thunder Rosa a lot on this. Um, let me go ahead and read this. She put out a little statement on Twitter. A few things I'll go ahead and read. It's not that long. Um Here's how she starts. I spoke up about mistreatment from a coach, even to other women too. There were witnesses, and I was the one suspended and left in limbo, and just now let go. And nothing has been done at all the entire time about, and it's in you know parentheses, Thunder Rosa, slandering my name the entire time in AEW and doing it to sabotage my position here. I kept quiet. Thunder Rosa has uh, also has a history of getting involved with officials in order to get ahead, which there was a lawsuit and everything in Lucha Underground. Nope, it was her being unprofessional. She had done the same thing in LU as well, Lucha Underground, and was unprofessional hurting my tag partner's jaw. The next match and slandering my name the entire time at AEW, and there was a thumbs up emoji in there for some reason, she wrote in response to fans in regarding about her issues. She, uh, another fan had commented, basically, you've got similar problems. Basically, we just said, maybe think about you. And she said, mm -hmm. nope, I don't. Only major companies plagued with politics. So, you know, I, I, well, I may as well wrap it up here real quick here. An another fan, obviously, on Twitter basically said, hey, listen, uh, you know, rumors won't take over the truth she responded you know maybe maybe if you make a statement you can you know squash some things and she went too mentally drained to deal with it all and a statement or no statement no one has a right to slander about people or situations they know nothing about now let's get to the first thing here now there were witnesses i was suspended we never heard that, which, nah, not a big deal. But Thunder Rosa, I think it's funny that she says that you can't slander someone's name, and literally she's slandering Thunder Rosa's name in the same post. Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of hypocritical. But yeah, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't slander somebody's name because if you slander somebody's name, you'll be like that fucking bitch Thunder Rose. Right. It's like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, you can't go. It's kind of the same thing here. She's doing the exact same thing. Now, once again, I feel like I don't know what the Lucha Underground thing was all about. I don't know what the lawsuit was about. I thought it was about that they wouldn't let her out of, a con out of her contract and owed her money. Mm -hmm. But 
maybe it was about something else. I don't know. But again, all this to to basically just, a little thunder, rose of thunder. She's blaming other people. Maybe it's just you. And she doesn't say how Thunder Rose was mistreating her. Mm-hmm. But just, just by saying things, by slandering your name in AEW? Right. How? I, I mean, the it's last the time... The whole thing... No, no, go ahead. Is like... Is she's saying that nobody, nobody deserves to be slandered. Okay, that's true. Fair enough. But but then like she comes out and she says, like she does. She's not going to tell you what exactly it was that happened because she's just too drained to have, right. too drained to put in the energy to explain what it was that happened. But not drained and not so much that you cannot reply to like just random tweets. And, and then kind of like like you said slander other people so it's like okay well if we don't know this story then enlighten us but you're not going to enlighten us so then what do we have to go on other than just the pieces of the puzzle that we know or we think we know that we've seen what have you? yeah i mean again say what you're gonna say if you're if you're gonna unless she's probably planning on suing this company too so i don't know it's just it, it I really feel once again if you have been fired from some major companies whether plagued in politics or not you should have learned the game by now. Well, and where are you going to go where politics are not present in right. some capacity? Like and I'm not even talking about wrestling, I'm talking about you if you get a fucking you quit wrestling right now and you get a job as a cashier you know, like you're gonna deal with that shit too. Like politics are unfortunately ever present in any workplace. You have to be able to sort of navigate those shark-filled waters. Yeah, I mean, you've got a senior person in every company, someone that's been somewhere forever, someone that may not like you, someone that knows the boss. Who knows? Someone maybe sucking off the boss. Who knows? But it's just that's the way it is in every fucking place you go. It doesn't matter. But am I reading too much into that, or was that kind of what it seemed like she was implying that the Thunder Rosa was under that? Oh, she was implying that Thunder Rosa was fucking referees in order to get ahead. Okay, old Marty Alliance. Well, she said officials, which I believe she said. Hey, yeah, you never know. You never know. Referees. Well, yeah, now you were just saying the higher ups. Yeah, I that again a little slanderous, <laughs> don't you think, Smart? Dario Quaid is like, hey, you know, I appreciate this, but you realize that I'm not like the actual boss right here, right? <laughs> but again, it, isn't that a little slanderous? That's very slanderous. With, you're basically implying that you're fucking your way to the top. With zero proof being laid out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I would definitely like some proof. Yeah, I, that, this, <laughs> you. <laughs> you know, for prosperity's sake, for, for science, for accuracy you want to proof or porn you perv um uh but yeah Not mutually exclusive it, it, it's just funny when you're saying oh she slandered me in the company you're literally this is slander it, this is libel actually because you're writing it even worse yes my god <laughs> yeah and i mean you're putting it out there in a in a form that is going to forever be present like, you could delete it, but it's still going to exist on the internet. No, you can't delete anything on the internet, dude. It gets screenshot immediately. No, it doesn't. Right. It right. doesn't fucking happen. But eventually. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Eventually, though, you've got to look at yourself and say, listen, I am the one getting fired from this company. I have been fired from this company. I may be the problem. So on that note, Smart, you got anything else, man? Or are we uh, probably good to go from here? I think that about this. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and knock these plugs out one more time. Once again, check out the high marks over there. Cheese Man Mojo and G Wiz. Check them out where? Mixer.com. That's Metal Mitt Network. That's right. Two T's in Mitt. Metal Mitt Network. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Sunday nights. You guys want to be checking out those guys right there. Bobby Anthem and Bobby Blades. The Inhuman Experience. Definitely want to be subscribing to the Inhumans. They will be back. And they will be back with a fucking vengeance. So check them out. Everything on Scripted Wrestling Podcast, you guys want to check them out too. You can find them on all the usual podcast platforms and on Blog Talk Radio. Just go ahead and start typing in everything unscripted wrestling. It will not even let you finish. Stephen Milan, appreciate you sharing the show, sir. And where can you find him? Reviewing movies? You know where. Letterboxd, B-O-X-D.com slash Stephen Milan. And there's two L's in Milan. Check him out over there. And you can always find us on Spreaker, YouTube, Anchor, uh, Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, Google, anywhere you get podcasts from. Smart Wrap It Up. Yes, sir. Monday's 8th, they're the middle of the podcast network. We should have checked out the cheese on this place with the cheese, man, cheese, and that's And 30 a.m. Sundays, be sure to check out the Modern City Machine Guns with Mojo and Turk. And last, but never least, be sure to check out our friends at the Planet Rack on, Rack on Tour podcast. Bobby Anthem, Papa Dancing's here, and Neil Nasty. Speaking of returning with a fucking vengeance, as you would put it, be sure to subscribe because they will be back and they will be back in effect. So you want to be able to subscribe so that you will be ready for the new episodes as they drop upon you. All right. There you go. That is that. We will be back here Friday night. But until then, thank you, chat room. Thank you, downloaders. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. See y'all Friday. See ya! Sit a spell. Drink some more. Time for the band to hit the door. We're going on.